0: Over these last several weeks, we have been looking at the values that we share at Ben Christian Fellowship, our DNA, what makes us who we are. You know, programs change. Programs start up, they, they serve a purpose and a time, and, and then they maybe they stop. The person who stands behind this pulpit will will change. Because you see, what we're doing is way bigger than a program. It's way bigger than a person. This is God's church and God's place for God's time. And so what we value, our DNA, doesn't change. You see, everything that we do form and function, program, comes out of that and we didn't just create it we didn't just think about it there wasn't a consultant that's ever been to this church that kind of figured out something and we bought it nothing wrong with consulting but our values our DNA are at the heart of God hospitality hospitality is the very heart of the gospel But what is hospitality but a reflection of grace? Jesus says over and over throughout the Gospels, Come. I like to think sometimes of Jesus with a Southern accent, and he would have said, Come on, (laughs) y'all. Community. You see, community for community's sake is self absorption, and it falls in, it collapses. So if we ever become a community that are so tight that we're standing shoulder to shoulder looking in and no one else can get here, then woe to us. We're a community that's gathered, being hospitable, opening up. Because that's what the gospel is. Come. Come, y'all. But a community focused on Jesus, that has power. Last week we talked about evangelism. Evangelism has gotten a bad word among Christendom for very good reasons. Evangelism at the sword. An evangelism that says, get like us and then you can be with us. When the message of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father is, if you will come and be with us, then you will get like us. Evangelism has gotten a bad rap. Evangelism is not apologetics. Apologetics is important. Giving a defense for the faith. That's important, but that's not evangelism. Evangelism is simply sharing your story. What God has done in you. An evangelist is someone who brings good news. It's telling the good story. And guess what? I see about 250 or so stories in this room right now. You're all evangelists. Evangelism is simply one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And so today we look at discipleship. Discipleship. So let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be holy, pleasing, and acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. What is discipleship and why is it important? As believers, as Christians, as ministry leaders, we talk a lot about discipleship. We say that we need to make disciples. We quote Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20, which Kate just read. We quote it about as often as we pour another cup of coffee and stir it. Then Jesus came to them and said... All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Evangelism, discipleship, working hand in glove. But what does it really mean? Do we have any solid information any practical application for me to to live out this mandate that jesus has and has and is all throughout the scriptures all throughout the gospel dallas willard has said that since making disciples is the main task of the church every church ought to be able to answer these questions dallas willard's words not mine what is our plan for making disciples of jesus is our plan working Ultimately, each church will be evaluated by one thing, its disciples. Your church is only as good as its disciples. doesn't matter how good your praise and worship, your preaching, your programs, or your property. If your disciples are passive, needy, consumerist, and not moving in the direction of radical obedience, your church is not good. Ouch. That's from Neil Cole. It is thrilling to share in the joy of someone coming to Jesus, rejoicing with the angels in heaven. It's wonderful to see God bring new life into someone, to see someone literally cross over from death to life. It's exciting. It's, it's energizing. It, it encourages us. But what new Christians and Christians who have been walking with Christ for years have to realize, what we all have to realize, what we are here this morning to remind ourselves of, is that becoming a Christian is really just the very first step. Being a Christian isn't something you do one time and then only give half hearted allegiance afterwards. Being a Christian, a believer, is a journey, it's a lifestyle. And we must remember that Jesus established some, some principles of discipleship to help us on that journey. When Jesus walked the earth, he, he expected every person that followed him to take it seriously. He made it clear that he wasn't interested in, in attracting a big crowd just so he could brag on the numbers. Oh, but don't we love to brag on numbers? And then if we don't have big numbers, then we say, we well, you know it's not about numbers. <clears throat> it's like sports. When we're winning, we'd like to talk about all those wins, not the losses. But when you were losing, you know, well, we're rebuilding. You know, it's a building year. Um, we're developing men and women. You know, <laughs> yeah, we like to talk about numbers. But Jesus didn't talk about numbers. Not really. Jesus wanted to transform people into sold-out, radically committed disciples. Radical. Dangerously radical. Matthew 16, 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Luke 14, 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Dr. Jay Cook says this. He says, you can find plenty of occasions mentioned in the Bible where Jesus challenged people to make serious commitments, not half-hearted ones. And he still wants the same. Are we willing to pay the cost of discipleship? Discipleship is this mandate for us, Christ followers. We, we don't really have a choice. It's kind of like evangelism. You don't get to not be an evangelist because you have a story. You have to share your story, and then you have to listen to others. We don't get to, we don't get to outsource evangelism. We don't get to outsource discipleship. Well, that's not my spiritual gift. It doesn't matter. You have a story to tell. And we are Christ's followers, so we must be disciples. His kingdom is built on solid biblical principles that every believer must have. Dr. Cook, in his sermon, How a Disciple Lives, asked this question. Do you know what the difference is between a believer and a disciple? A believer, someone who believes in Jesus. He, he may not attend church regularly. He may not study the Bible, pray, give tithes and offerings, and so on. He may... Or may not have said a prayer asking Jesus to save him. That's one form of a believer. The angels, and, or the demons, excuse me, were believers that Jesus was who he said he was. Another definition of a believer is a believer that believes in Jesus, but may or may not have allowed Jesus to transform him. It's, it's tricky to determine whether or not a believer is, is saved. After all, Satan believes too. A disciple. A disciple is someone who is committed to obeying Jesus in every part of his or her life. Jesus is not part of her life. Jesus is her life. Disciple means learner. And in the New Testament days, a disciple gave up everything in order to be a learner, to follow the master. And a disciple is what Jesus calls us to. Before his ascension, the ascend, the climb, to, to move upward, the, the bodily ascending Jesus from earth to, ev- to heaven. Before that, before the ascension, Jesus gave these practical orders, commands, directives to the church, to us. Essentially, is to spread the gospel. How do we do that? We share our story. We share how we have been changed by a holy God. As one beggar who has found food, we just tell others where it is. And we listen. We share our story, and we listen to other stories. Because we're all created to be in this right relationship with a holy God. The command that Jesus gives, disciple or make disciples. You see, God's primary plan for the church is to make disciples. Discipleship is it's this primary thrust of the Great Commission. Disciple, Mathetes, means learner, pupil, someone who learns by following. Christ wants to use all of his body, the church, us, in this disciple making process. God's primary plan for the church is for disciples of Jesus to develop other men and women into disciples. There's probably no other more primary matter of negligence in the church today than our failure to follow the Lord's command to make disciples. Because of this gross neglect, many Christians think of themselves as an audience to be entertained rather than an army ready to march. Discipleship must function as the heart of church ministry. Bill Hulk. So what are some characteristics that would describe a disciple? First of all, a disciple remains. Remains in Christ, walking with Christ. Not perfection, but progress. Rex Yancey, Pastor Rex Yancey says, Not where I need to be. I'm not where I need to be, but but I'm not who I used to be either. It's a process. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with him. So a disciple remains. A stick to a stick Did I say that right? Secondly, obedience, to, to obey, not the great commission, or excuse me, not the great omission. <laughs> the great omission is that we have not really made disciples if we've not taught folks how to obey. Obedience is part of it. And slow obedience is disobedience. My children will put that on some marker somewhere when I die. <laughs> Court awareness and slow obedience is disobedience. Accountability, obedience. The third characteristic that describes a disciple is spiritual fruit. You can recognize a disciple by the results produced in their own life and the lives of others. A heart changed and a heart captured and a heart owned by Jesus starts to grow fruit outward. It's obvious. It's why you can be in your car and you can be on the road, you can be on I-40, anywhere from Wilmington, North Carolina to where does it go in California? Somewhere. It's a long road. And you could be at any Starbucks along that interstate, along in any state, and the, and the Holy Spirit that is dwelling in you will recognize and will reach out to the Holy Spirit dwelling in the person on the counter and in the line or in traffic, and you know that you know that you know that you are believers that you are disciples because we bear fruit and fourthly a disciple glorifies God both in word and deed our lives have to be credible so our question is are we a follower or are we a disciple syntax is important meaning is important William Barclay, in the Gospel of Luke, writes this. He says, It is possible to be a follower of Jesus without being a disciple, to be a camp follower without being a soldier of the king, to be a hanger-on in some great work without pulling one's weight. Once someone was talking to a great scholar about a younger man, and he said, So-and-so tells me that he was one of your students. And the teacher answered devastatingly, He may have attended my lectures, but he was not one of my students. There is a world of difference between attending lectures and being a student. Disciples. Discipleship. Beggars telling other beggars where food is and then somehow grouping up together and learning about the source of the food. The bread of life. Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A disciple, one who remains, who obeys, who has spiritual fruit, and who glorifies God. Amen.